Jesus, please bless Ezra's words and please help us to pay attention with supernatural abilities. Um, please help all of your words to soak into our heart and marinate our hearts that we become more like you and that your words would be heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so tonight's talk, I want to talk about lights in a, in a biblical context. So, like, if you're all excited that I was going to talk about Thomas Edison, maybe later. Um, so, I want to give you guys some background because I'm going to kind of walk through some verses in the Bible from the Old Testament. That's, like, the earlier written part of the Bible and the New Testament, and some wisdom literature. So, um, just for background, in case you haven't read the Bible, or you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, which can happen, um, God instructed his people to build a tabernacle. Tabernacle is another word for a really fancy tent, because it's something you can build, set up, and take down. So think, you know, like, I don't know if a circus tent would really help you guys, because I've never been to the circus myself. Um... But anyways, it's a, it's a large tent that you, that you build, and then you break down and you move it, and you can set it up again. Um, but anyways, a tabernacle or a special tent, and later a temple, uh, which is a special building that has the same function as a tabernacle, but it's permanently installed, uh, with important objects in it for holy purposes. There's a lot of like very detailed, um, specific designs, materials, and even measurements for how to build this. This isn't like any building that we have, even a church. Um, because it's not made of two by fours and drywall, it's made of like gold and acacia wood and bra uh, bronze and things like that. So and leather. Um, so, anyways, he's got very specific instructions about how long the walls are supposed to be, how tall things are, how much things weigh. Um, this would be like a really hard to afford, you know, building budget, you know, for one of our modern churches, um, mostly just because of, like, how many pounds of gold <laughs> are hammered on the outside of beams and stuff. Um, either way, uh, the, uh, this imagery, you know, because there's actually, like, hammered in, like, artistic flourishes and, like, pomegranates and shapes of, uh, you know, uh, angels and things like, and animals and stuff like that. Um, this imagery kind of calls back to elements of things that you might have found in the uh, original garden. When Have you heard of the story, Adam and Eve? There's a garden. They're, like, naked, and they're not, like, weird about that. Uh, because there's no sin. There's no, like, nothing's been messed up at this point. They're in this perfect place where God and humankind can just talk to each other and not have this, like, fear and whatever. There's nothing to be afraid of. Um, because they are right with God, and there's purity. Um, so the, that original garden was an untarnished place um, where God could interact with us. Um, there's only two of us at the time either. Two. Um, and the tabernacle was a place, you know, this, this uh, fancy tent, was a place where a human priest could meet with God as long as he followed God's specific instructions perfectly so that nothing unclean or impure would enter with him. So there's there's a lot of details in. Yeah. 
So in the Old Testament, let me read you this um, this one passage because I've been reading through the Bible and I'm in Exodus 27. That's what I read today. So I'm like, I want to talk based on this and kind of jumped around. Um, in Exodus 27, verse 20 and 21, it says, Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light so the lamps may be kept burning. In the tent of meeting outside the curtain that is in front of the testimony, Aaron and his sons are to keep the lamps burning before the Lord from evening till morning. This is to be a lasting ordinance among the Israelites for the generations to come. So, if you've ever had to like pack for a camping trip and you had like a lantern, anyone ever camped and had a lantern? Because you didn't have like a, the battery flashlight necessarily. Um, you might use like a propane lamp or something and there's fuel that you have to get. In this case, they had to actually go press olives to make the oil, collect the oil, put it in these lamps, keep it burning 24 hours a day. So, um, pretty big deal. Don't let the lamps go out. That's what God was originally telling them to do in the tabernacle because obviously they didn't have, you know, light bulbs and batteries and whatnot or uh, pressurized gas. Um, in Proverbs, in the wisdom literature, later, I'm just like doing a search for like lights, lamps, stuff like that, and just finding stuff that I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool because this is this is the similar theme. Um, in Proverbs 6.23, it says, For these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light. And the corrections of discipline are the way to life. So later, you know, the wisdom literature, this is like where it's just like concentrated, like little statements that teach us how to be wise. You guys are spending years in school just learning information but not a lot of that is specifically telling you how to be wise. It's just like, here's how this works. Here's how you know, science does this. Here's some history. Um, but there's not a whole lot of it where you're just like, this is the root of like wisdom. That's kind of like what the Bible is focusing on, is like how to live with wisdom is, is where you're making the right steps so that you're avoiding unnecessary calamity. Later on in the New Testament, I'm jumping ahead to Matthew 5, 14 through 16. These are the words of Jesus as Jesus is teaching. I'm just kind of taking a little snippet out of it. Jesus is talking to um, his followers, and he says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives its light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So there's something that's changed here, because originally we've got this like physical lamp and all this kind of stuff, and we're like, it's supposed to represent something. Later on, we're taught it's more, it's more than just a physical lamp, it's something deeper within us. And Jesus is actually making it a little bit more plain, like, he's saying, you are the light of the world, but it's not just because they're humankind, is there something in them that's shining to the rest of the world. The rest of the world are also humans, but there's something dark in them that Jesus' followers are going to show them. Something having to do with the way that they live, maybe the wisdom in how they do things, something more. And later in the book of John, which is the gospel account of John, um, about Jesus and he says in him was life and that life was the light of men the, the light shines in the darkness 
but the darkness has not understood it. So the same thing Jesus was explaining to his disciples of what they are doing. John's talking about Jesus. He's saying, like, Jesus had this light. Jesus is shining this light. But does everybody get what Jesus says when he talks to them? Not always. Those who get it, you know, his disciples were willing to go, you know, to the death to stand up for him. Some with a little betrayal and then kind of back um, after Jesus redeemed them. Um, But there's something in Jesus. There's something in his followers also that we look at that can be described as light. Because there's truth, there's wisdom, there's there's the word of God, which is written down in the pages of the Bible, but it's also spoken through us, through the Holy Spirit. There's ways that God speaks through us um, that aren't just limited to the words on the page. Um, those are, you know, holy and, and uh, worth knowing. But God also speaks through us in specific words that are unique to our time and our place uh, that are aligned with God's will. Why do you think God wanted his chosen people, the Israelites, back in the Old Testament, why do you think he wanted them to make oil lamps that continually burn? What do you imagine their purpose was? Practical or representative? What do you think, Angela? Um, Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. You know, um, God is—he doesn't have like office hours where it's like, oh, you know, I I can't pray right now because God's, you know, he's on his break right now, so the world's just kind of going into calamity, and then it's like, oh, it's eight a.m. again. Now it's time for God to, you know, rule. Like that would be pretty, pretty spooky. You know, if the whole world had to just kind of get lurched back and forth that way. Um, but God. God is always there, and and having the light on is kind of their part. There was a lot of stuff in this original temple, this original tabernacle, that that was just there. It almost seemed like just a. There's so many things that were reminders, and why do you think God gives us reminders? Because we do what? Yeah, we naturally will forget things and we'll get distracted. How many of you guys get distracted? Those of you with glows on your faces, perhaps. <laughs> um. Yeah, there are lesser lights. You know, there's other things um, that might distract us. Um, so there's there's a purpose for it. We don't always get it what the purpose is, but sometimes God just says, like, just do this, and we might just start off with just obedience and not understand, and then later we're like, oh, I'm glad I did what God said because I got to avoid all this other, you know, tripping in the dark kind of a thing. Today, there is no physical temple or tabernacle that continuously burns lamps or sacrifices are offered, as described in the Old Testament. Um, Because it was destroyed and there's all kinds of stuff. Um, There's a lot of people that are looking forward to a future day when, you know, a temple is built again and that kind of stuff. Um, But there was a new sacrifice that did the job of the original sacrifices once and for all. Who knows what that new sacrifice was? Jesus. Jesus. And for a Spanish-speaking audience, Jesus. 
True. Um, what do you think is the light that continually burns today? If we don't have an oil lamp with flame, it's probably not the Olympic torch. Um, what do you think is the light that's burning today, Samantha? Okay, so Samantha's um, guessing perhaps the sun. Yes, um, Angela, you are right in that it is contained within those who follow God, who have his word in their heart. Oh, I was right. Yes, and that's really, I mean, there's obviously physical light out there, and it kind of reminds us of, like, the characteristics of what light does. You know, there's, there's probably less crimes going on during daylight hours than there are at night because a lot of criminals say, like, well, it's, it's dark, I can probably get away with this. I can run away, and then people won't know who it was. Um, but light in our souls or in our, in our character, in the way that we speak and act and think, um, has, has some similar characteristics where the truth is revealed and not everybody's comfortable with that. Um, and hopefully, if we're doing it right, God is lifted up, God is glorified, and people say, oh, following God is not such a bad thing, or... The world's a better place because that person's in it, not the world's a worse place. You know, you really have to think about what kind of reputation you're um, shining for God. Samantha? Distressing? Okay. Okay, so... So there's a lot of kind of correct answers, I think, that could fit in there as far as what represents light because they're all interconnected. God, God's Word... Wisdom, which comes from God, the Holy Spirit, which is God moving through us, and then us that contain it. And, you know, we're like dispensers. We're like salt shakers, you know. Um, so I want you to think about that. Whenever you see a light come on, whenever you think about that sun cascading against your face and being kind of hot, you think like, you're like, wow, like, the ultraviolet light from the sun can actually disinfect surfaces. You know, we know during COVID there was a lot of more outdoor stuff happening because a lot of these viruses got killed just by being in the light. Um, yeah, it could it could be painful <laughs> if you're not used to it. You're in the dark, and then all of a sudden, bam! You know, a bunch of light all at once. So, <laughs> it's like the it's like teenage sunrise right then yeah <laughs> 10 30 yeah so um so there's a lot of qualities of light there's a lot that you can kind of build into that you know metaphor that analogy and so i want you guys to just think about that and um i'm gonna ask pastor karen to come up and say a closing prayer just um kind of bring it all home. So as you're thinking about this throughout the week, thinking about light, thinking about what God's done, all this imagery in the tabernacle. Dear God, I pray that um, when really happy people who love Jesus talk to us about you at Teenage Sunrise, that our hearts would be receptive 
even though we would prefer to be sleepy. Um, and I pray that we would also have opportunities to share the light with other people who might be living in the darkness and that your light would kill all the gross stuff and that the good stuff would um, live and flourish and that we can be the bright light for somebody else but not the bright light that like blinds them and hurts them and makes them close their eyes and turn away but just the right amount of light that it um, shows them what peace looks like and what love looks like and what kindness looks like Lord and that uh, we would live a life that is filled with those things because you're in it and that we could share it with others in Jesus name. Amen.